0: welcome back to the two months podcast presented by manscaped i'm your host joshua marshall and i got my uh, co-host with me this evening uh finally he is back it's been a while (laughs) we have uh clay vanderham with us vandy how's it going
1: vandy is dandy it has been a while i was you know you told me you were doing one tonight and i'm like okay yeah i got time and i was like fuck do i remember how to do these anymore but (laughs) At the end of the day, it's just talking hockey. So no, I'm good. Um, busy weekend with the kids hockey. I've been busy for the last probably month or so, weekend wise and whatnot with hockey. We played a friend of the show Brodziak's team oh. tonight. They they got the best of us. We were up four to one after first period, and then uh, Lenny and his teammates decided to. To pick it up, they ended up beating us 5 4. So, nice.
0: did you talk to Kyle at all? Or did you have? A- I did.
1: I, uh, I'm i not sure Kyle really recognized me. I mean, yeah. we only met the one time, so yeah. and I didn't. It was kind of you know, you shake hands and uh, uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, we spoke a little bit after it got a little feisty in the game, so it was good. It was fun. Yeah. Nice, nice. Did you mention and you?
0: What, go ahead, what? Yeah, no, did you mention the pod with him? No, oh. I didn't. Oh.
1: I didn't even. It was one of those games where. We just blew a three-goal lead. I was trying, or uh, yeah, and I was trying to grasp what just happened. Yeah, and then I'm shaking hands, and we were talking about they got a good team; they're well coached, obviously. Yeah, and then uh, we were talking. It got rough at the end, and we were talking like boys being boys, that kind of thing. So yeah, it was good.
0: Nothing wrong with that. You, what's new with you? Um, yeah, what is new? Um, you know, I guess for work-wise, yeah, just back out here in Kitimat, British Columbia. So I was here for two years before and. I uh, took about a year or so off, um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm back here doing some uh, doing some some great carpentry and scaffolding work. So uh, that's obviously what I do for a living. But uh, yeah, no, just kind of enjoying it. i my fly home tomorrow night, and uh, I'm home for a week, so uh, we'll have a busy week with the pod. We got Brent Sutter coming on. We got Mike Fuda coming on. Uh, obviously, tonight's guest is Bob Stoffer um and then yeah we got craig button and uh yeah it is gonna be a busy busy week and i'll be in and out of uh hockey rinks and all that stuff and uh yeah so it'll be busy and just getting some nhl videos sent out for uh player of the month cam moon just sent out a video for uh dustin Knall's team and uh matthew benning our buddy matt benning is doing doing a, a video for, uh, Ilya's team, uh, the tracks, uh, you 15, uh, double, uh, uh, double a, um, uh, MLAC team there. So that will be pretty cool. And yeah, just keeping busy and you know, I'll just be in rinks, doing some scouting, just checking out some games and doing some podcasts. So yeah, you, you guys see us around, just come say hi, you know, have a conversation if you want, I guess. Right. So you're always in yeah. there. So maybe I'll try to get out to some, some of your games too, Vandy. So, uh, yeah. yeah be pretty cool. But yeah, that's about it. Just kind of keeping busy that way. Um, You know, just doing, doing some, uh, you know, minor hockey stuff and, uh, and then um, yeah, just kind of keeping busy with the pod. And I think, uh, I think it's tough, Andy, you know, obviously this week will be a bit of a heavy week. Um, and this kind of somewhat will be the theme of the podcast um, throughout the week, more or less in a way is because I, th- I think if I read the article that Sheldon Kennedy had with Pierre Lebrun out of, out of the athletic, um, with his respect group, um, you know, and obviously the, as this episode will release on Monday, uh, there will be a press conference from the London police. And I think that's going to cover some of the, the hockey news in the world right now with, with, uh, went on with the 2018 team Canada team, but, uh, you know, and that's a, you know, it's a, it's a heavy and it's a tough topic. Obviously we saw at the NHL all-star game, uh, this weekend that that led all stories. And, you know, you had a lot of other things that were positive in, in 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 a two but that was a you know that's obviously not a positive story that this is brought up but uh it drove uh the conversation at the nhl awards and uh you know the the players are going back to the olympics there's a four nations cup so there's a lot of, a lot going on in the nhl circuit but uh you know with the press conference tomorrow with the london police that will be uh, a big topic i don't know where you're at with this vandy of how much you've uh been able to read or see or um kind of get more information
1: yeah i'm just i mean i just i'm getting snippets of it um i mean it is what it is obviously what those five guys did was um, severe enough to where they're getting brought up on charges and, and yeah you know that in itself should tell you how bad it was and and then, you know, going from that, I mean, everybody's got their opinion on it. But the fact that, that, you know, these guys, it goes to show you that, you know, as a kid, you're you're not invincible um, to the fact, you know, these guys all think, you know, their shit don't stink and, you know, nothing will happen to me, this, that, the other thing. Well, take a look at these five young men that that basically, you know, just just we're talking you know not only a career but but financially uh they hurt they killed themselves by making stupid choices at a young age yeah and you know if you can do anything everything comes back to haunt you every you know everybody's got skeletons so-called in their closet and stuff and Mm -hmm. you gotta you know you gotta watch what you do yeah when you're young even at that age and Something as dumb as whatever the, you know, it's and it's hard
0: allegedly to, we'll see what happens in the yeah.
1: I mean, you know, know, nobody knows cool. the, yeah. nobody knows the true story except six people: the, the yeah. young lady, the the and the five guys. So yeah. they're, I mean, obviously, like I say, it was bad enough to where they're, you Brought know, pressing charges pardon. five years later. So let's, and these guys made a, a bad decision and a bad choice in life, and it's going to cost them. It's costing them their careers. Yeah. You know what? Think about it. Like these guys, a a choice you made at 17, 18, you know, and then you focus on your career for five years. Well, now what are you going to do when, when all the, and take away the fact that, you know, some of these guys might go to jail.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's that bad. So it's, it's like, come on, like figure it out, man. Like you just, you fucked yourself by making a bad choice at a young age and, yeah, and look, we've all done it, you know, and maybe not to the extent, but we've all made stupid choices in our life. And that's, you know, I kind of, I'm using this as a tool. I got a 15 year old and a 12 year old and telling them, look, don't think that you're invincible and you can hide behind your phones and all that other shit. Yeah. You know, you, you there's consequences for your actions and this is case in point. And nowadays, I mean, it's it's worse than when we were growing up. Nowadays, I mean, you legit can can pay for your actions as a kid, where you know maybe in the past, unfortunately, it was probably swept under the rug and and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's awful.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a
1: bad situation all around.
0: Yeah, it is, and um, you know the mood was uh, was different around the All Star Game this year because of that, and that's what Gary Bettman led with his press conference with bill Daly, uh the deputy commissioner and the commissioner of the national hockey league and um yeah gary said he'd be surprised if these uh players are playing in the nhl during this process and uh you know all of them are rfas which will turn into uh, unrestricted free agents and that's pretty much what gary said so they've
1: all been cut from their teams correct no
0: no so they're getting paid until the end of the year on a leave so they are getting the the four are current NHL players one is playing overseas um the four that are, are current NHL players will uh you know will end up being um you know uh, uh paid through the rest of the season uh and that's what Gary did say that they'll be uh, on leave pay and then uh you know he does he'll be he said he would be shocked if they were in the NHL before uh the process and the reason why is because Rick Westhead from TSN, who uh, has been all over this case from the start, um, you know, did say in the Toronto, uh, you know, Ontario court systems there's a backlog up to two years. So this, you know, we're this, you won't see the end of this or the start of this probably until 2026 from the sound. Right. So yeah. you know, we'll see what the London police say tomorrow. And that's when we'll have more information and we don't know much of what they're going to come out and say, we obviously seen the reports that there has been charges of, sexual assault all individuals are saying they're pleading not guilty so we have uh, seen that through their lawyers but uh, we'll see what the london police say tomorrow and then we'll have no we'll know more what we can comment on what we can't comment on um you know and uh we'll, we'll uh you know go from there but uh you know and it's a tough transition in that but it is a topic in the game and there's a lot going on in hockey too the you know the canucks just made a big trade uh, um that was a you know, a bit shocking or not shocking. Obviously, uh Jim Rutherford, uh, the president of hockey operations for the Vancouver Canucks was on uh T S N overdrive on Wednesday of last week, hinted that he might be doing something before the end of the All-Star game. And boom, there you go. He makes a he makes a move the night of the All-Star Game starting. And uh Elias he
1: always does this.
0: He does. He's early. He's he's made... the
1: first one to crack the whip, man.
0: Yeah, he's made five or six trades this year. So uh he is not uh he is obviously a quick you know he's quick to what he's doing and you know the flames now put their eggs in the basket of you know let's do a rebuild here let's do a retool and you know trade off some of our our, our ufas and so that'll be a big theme and then w- where the others trade targets are the or you know big game on uh, tuesday night against the lost uh, vegas golden knights um so that'll be big to see if they can tie the record from the penguins for 17 wins in a row the LA Kings have fired Todd McClellan as head coach. Jim Hiller will come in. Jim was an uh, assistant coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs, running their power play for a few years, and so obviously in Detroit too with Mike Babcock. So, a lot going on in the NHL world, um, you know, right now. And then, what's happening in the CHL too with the Alberta Junior teams, you know, leaving to go in the BCHL. So, uh, <laughs> that's another topic too. And you know, there's the minor hockey scene in Edmonton. That's uh, that's very big too, and you know and i know you uh, uh you you probably saw the highlights and saw a lot of it and ozzy mcintyre just having a great tournament a friend of the pod and his uh father and uh who is uh a co-host with us brody mcintyre and uh, ruppers kid too like at the john reed like that was an, unbel- an unbelievable uh unbelievable tournament by them to get bronze and what they did was pretty cool too. I don't know how much you can comment on that before we jump to our interview with uh, Bob. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, Oz, Oz had a hell of a tournament. Man. Yeah, And the best thing about it is, like, that team, I'm not close to that team. I've seen them practice once, seen them play once or twice this year. But you could just tell that they're genuinely happy for one another when they get individual success. And then, obviously, that leads into team success. But uh, they, got a, they got a good team, man. They're fun to watch a, they yeah. got they got a they got a little bit of everything on that team.
0: So if you get a chance, go out and watch them. Yep, for sure. Check them out. All right, uh, let's get to our interview with uh, Bob Stoffer from the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network.
2: Coach Rupper here from Two mutts. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Now let's grab a knee. Have I got a deal for you? We have teamed up with Manscaped. And we can save you some big-time coin this upcoming NHL season. Guys, are your sticks and pucks getting hairy in the corners? And gals, is your goalie still using horsehair coopers? Well, let's wake up! Use the code 2 to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Listen, we all love to score and we all want to win the cup. Why not do it on a fresh, clean, smooth sheet of ice? That way we all win. Manscaped is the only way to go. Again, the code is two months to save 20% plus free shipping on Manscaped products. Now let's bring it in. Manscaped on three. One, two, three. Our NHL
0: news and notes segment is brought to you by Sheena Boychuk. Yes, you heard that last name, right? That's Sheena Boychuk. As a licensed realtor, Sheena has you covered to buy and sell your home in this hot market. She also offers home consulting services to help you upgrade your living space. Check her website out at SheenaBoychuk.com and tell her the Two Months podcast sent you. Realty by Design, your design approach to real estate. <laughs> Let's fans, our next guest is the uh, color commentator for the Edmonton Oilers. And he, uh, you can also see him on Roger Sportsnet on the regional side with Gene Bay and all the other great uh, co-hosts that they have or analysts that they have. And uh, he is the host of Oilers now from 5 to 7 on 630 Ched. we like to welcome back to the Two Much podcast, Bob Stoffer. Stauff, how's it going?
3: Good, Josh. How are you and Clay doing? I'm good, Clay.
1: We're good. We're good, Yeah.
0: Uh, Clay just Dude. played uh, Kyle Braziax's team tonight, uh, actually. So
1: yeah, my youngest played his Kyle's kid. They got they got the better of us. We got a four one lead in the first, and they uh, Lenny is is Kyle's son. Him and his teammates came back and beat us five four. So I well, you know, both...
3: Clay, it's difficult for your kids to have to overcome your coaching.
1: I <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And that's exactly <laughs> what I said when I knew we were. I was going on the pod after, like Bob's going to say something. I knew yeah, it
0: exactly. <laughs> there we go. So what did you do up to the breaks on the break stuff? I know uh, you did a hit with, uh, with Jack and Tony and uh, you say the toy department of uh, life
3: there. Of- yeah. Well, I stayed in town and as you know, I hosted Oilers now every day. Correct. Yes. Uh, I would rather go watch the Alberta Golden Bears play UBC than go to the all-star game. I, hey, don't get me wrong. If we host it, hey, it's going to be fun. But, and I did watch uh, a stripped down version of the, the skills competition and I'm not at all surprised that Connor did what he did. Uh, but you know I'm never going to apologize for caring about uh, the Golden Bears program um, I think that there's guys in that league that are completely overlooked um, we sit there and we have all these different teams chasing NCAA college free agents and everybody thinks well the guys in the youth sports you know we, we've we already seen those guys and uh, junior and we know they can't play and 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 then we sit there and and I, and I think if you take a look at the Oilers' track record, uh, you know, I think Edmonton would have a better success getting guys out of the West than guys out of the Boston area, right? Mm-hmm. Like Boston's going to, the Rangers are going to get the best guys out of the East. And so, um, you know, I went to watch Alberta and UBC. UBC's, how about this, you guys? I did the Bears for 13 years, 89 to 92, and 98 to 08. And in those 13 seasons, Alberta never lost a road game at UBC in Vancouver. Like they played two games a year there. Wow. They never lost. I never called a loss. And that's because they weren't allowed to go to the bar uh, after the uh, Saturday night game on a weekend, unless they swept them. So they always made sure they swept them. And whatever happened at the bar, uh, I have no idea. I, bar, yeah.
0: Except
3: uh, except I beat them uh, into the bar. But no, <laughs> uh, a g- guy named Sven Boot who you guys know, former NHLers yeah. coaching UBC, He's done a great job. They got a really experienced team. Alberta's young. Like UBC's 21-4-1 yeah. in their first 26 games this year. And they were two great games. The fans were jacked. The building was full both nights. You know, UBC's got 13 uh, forwards out of major junior. Uh they got a left-shot defenseman by the name of Jake Lee uh who's the best defenseman in certainly in the Canada West. I'd be stunned if somebody didn't sign him in the next couple of years here. Six foot two, he was uh, ran the uh, power play uh, his last year in Major Junior. Uh, they got Connor McDonald, who put up 50 points with the Oil Kings, running a power play on the back end. Josh Williams with the Oil Kings had an 82-point season, and he's not even in their top six. And Alberta picked up uh, just recently Connor McLennan, who had 45 goals and 90 points last year for Winnipeg Ice. And they got Aiden dilla Gangordier uh after christmas as well he had 65 points last year as a d-man out of saskatoon so th- these are two talented teams the games were terrific the pace was good both teams are well coached and uh there was there wasn't just brad holland there there were a couple other teams that had their pro scouts at out there because well. you're you're looking up you know you're up to 32 nhl teams you're looking to find players where you can yep and there's some good 22 and 23 year old players in those two teams
0: that's good. No, it's good. I know you're very passionate about it, and it's good. It's kind of nice to bring those, those, that league to light and the players that play in that league to light because, um, you know, there's a long list of them that are now just pay, paving their way to the National Hockey League because, you know, the, the talent that's in that league and also the talent that's that's in hockey right now. And with more teams means more players have an opportunity to play pro in uh, the NHL and the AHL. Obviously, the AHL All-Star game is on tonight, too. So, um, so a lot there to impact, but, uh, uh, a busy week, a busy month here, uh, a bit of a tougher schedule, uh, for the Oilers, but, uh, I don't know where you're at here, Bob with, uh, with this it's pretty crazy, you know, 16 game heater, everything's going good. Uh, Jack Campbell obviously played good in the minors the other night against, uh, the Texas stars. So another, uh, another great performance, he's, uh, stringing some, uh, some more confidence in his, in his way, but we'll see what happens going forward. If, um. You know, if, if that's the uh the division uh the call that the Orders make to bring to add more depth to the goaltending front. But uh a big game against Vegas Tuesday night Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. uh everything going on there. Uh how excited are you to get there? And how
3: excited oh, are you we're, this week? I'm stoked. Like, you know, what a time right now for the Orders organization. I mean, the Orders are on a 16-game winning streak with a chance to tie the NHL record Tuesday night in Vegas. And Bakersfield, as they go into the All Star break, is 14, three and three in the last twenty. Now the owners have spent money on Bakersfield. They got you know they stepped up and Peterson's on a one way at seven seventy five, and Cajula's making five hundred k to play in the minors, and you know they still got Malone and McCaig there and Griffith. They're all over three hundred thousand bucks. That's five veteran forwards. Ernie's down there right now. Um, they went out and added Gleason in the off season. Jack Campbell wasn't supposed to be there, but he's his last seven starts, he's at a 935 save percentage. Um, we're fine, we're starting to see a little bit of traction with Borgo. Jaden Groob, who's out of the Red Deer Rebels, has probably been the best of their young forwards. He was a third uh, round draft choice of the Rangers that the Oilers acquired by a trade. Um, so Bakersfields, they're playing good. And for the Oilers, no one expects a 16-game winning streak. You know, Josh and Clay, it's been a crazy year. Yeah, like it has been wild. Like, <laughs> you, start, say the least, right? you yeah. start the year two nine and one, and <laughs> a, uh, a not even a has been because it has been in, in, in first at one time. I was decent, but it never was. Hops on the ice in Seattle and joins <laughs> uh, three hundred people out there with plastic skates, may I add? And since then, the orders are twenty seven six. I had absolutely nothing to do with it, but the boys need a little bit of comic relief, and uh, no, it's. I mean, Chris Knobloch's twenty six and six. Their their defense over the last sixteen games, they're giving up a goal and a half against per game. That's it. It's been atypical for Edmonton, and uh, and the fans deserve it, and it's fun to be along for the ride. Let me tell you. Yeah, Vandy, you got some there.
1: No, I you but I would I was listening to Spit and Chicklets, and Witt read your text to him. Yeah. Basically it was a breakdown of, of of your thoughts on why the seasons change. And that's I mean, it was bang on. The guys are going to areas where they weren't going before. And and with the Woodcroft hybrid zone defense versus man on oh man and all that stuff. And it is. It's bang on. The, the, you're getting total buy in. Um, I mean it helps when when guys like Fogle and, and McLeod starting to find their stride, but well, I thought it was kind of kind of neat to hear your well, assessment via a uh, uh, context of your assessment it was
3: yeah I was well first of all it's flattering to have Ryan read that like he'll text me out of a blue one he's tough to get a hold of to do a show I can tell you that but uh in fact I've been on his show he's not been on our show they had me on a couple of years ago last year before the uh you know when before the playoffs started uh biz nasty was talking about the Oilers' lack of depth and I'm like Edmonton's got 12 forwards that had 10 plus goals last year and led the NHL in goal scoring, you know, and as it turned out, goal scoring wasn't what undermined them in their success against Vegas. They led in all six games of that series. And that was a bitter loss. Um, I've been a proponent. I know we've spoken about this before. I, I, like zone defense works, works in the NFL, like the Tampa Two deep, right. That they used to run um, under John Gruden and, uh, it certainly worked so well in basketball. They have to basically outlaw called it a legal defense. <laughs> in hockey, you know, there there's always been a degree of that's not how we play the game. Like, I, there are teams that play successful man defense. Carolina mm-hmm. plays a lot of man on man defense, and they're excellent defensively. They have really good defense. But one of the things that happens comes playoff time is even though refs claim they don't put away the whistles, the refs at times put away the whistles. So if you're sitting there playing a low three on three hybrid, like the Oilers and LA do, uh, and Tom McClellan has for a number of years, you can get burned off of rubs and picks and think about how Vegas tilted the ice in game five and game six last year, especially the game at Edmonton, because that was a four, three game in Vegas that turned on a BS call against Broberg, right? Like they yeah. got a power play and then Yamark got the stick up and now it's a five on three. Boom, boom, boom. They get three goals in like three minutes and now they're up 4 2. And the orders get one goal on a five minute power play, but that's it. Lose 4 3. It was game six where they got victimized by long cycles in Edmonton's zone because the orders were playing the hybrid. And it was specifically Nurse, CC. E. And Leon, who was not at 100%. And Leon was really upset after. And I just, guys, I taught the mudslingers how to play zone defense in Division Six in Alberta men's. Like, that team was so bad in the early 2000s that I was their best player. Mm-hmm. That's a bad team, okay? <laughs> but we went, and I said, you're playing in 3rd Drake arena. This is a crash court. Give me five minutes. So I want you guys to come to the rink. Instead of 20 minutes before a game, come 25, and I'll give you the most basic uh, zone transition you'll ever need. And it's simple. If the puck's in the left corner, the left D goes there, and the support player generally is the center, and the right defenseman stays in front of the net. Okay, If it's in the right corner, it's the right defenseman that goes into the corner, and the center helps support. The left defenseman stays in front of the net. And think of the open-look goals Vegas had in game six because yeah. it, the Oilers were chasing around.
1: Picking and and, moves and they were, yeah.
3: Right? And so Knobloch credited Chris Knobloch, the Oilers' head coach. When he took the job, Mark Spector asked him, and it wasn't on the Sunday, it was on the Monday, and Chris kind of got a little emotional. It was the day of the game against the Islanders, his first NHL head coaching. It was, who do you think of today, when he got this job and he said, my wife and Rob Dom, and he was choked up Yeah, and you know, Rob, Rob taught zone. And he would get criticized 20 years ago for running this system that supported the puck defensively better than any other system. It defied logic that you would get, you know, oh, well you can't play that at the pro level. You get picked apart. Well, no, he went and won 50 games with Todd McClellan's team in Houston. The first year he went there. In mm-hmm. the AHL, so uh, I, I do think having that defense combined with using the middle of the ice in transition, mm-hmm. your center's got to be able to skate. Well, what do the Oilers yeah. have? They got centers that can skate. Like when they're wow. rolling McDavid, Settle, and McLeod at center, and uh, Evander Kane was ill today, so he wasn't in practice. So they had McCain, uh, Kane on the wing, but or sorry, McLeod on the wing. But when they got those three guys down the middle. They can, they can, you know, and everybody, the other thing is when you're playing zone, everybody knows where they're supposed to be when you, right. Get there, right. So you can That's exactly it. Like, like, so I'm not, I don't mean to be super technical. I've spent literally hundreds of hours having this discussion with coaches over the years. And Jay went to the school of Boston zone defense in the off season, but, the, but, but, Dave Manson didn't want the D unless, you know, he didn't want the D breaking the puck up the middle of the ice. And Paul Coffey has empowered his D to come up with the middle of the ice. And the end result is Vincent D'Ernay, who was in over his head last year in the playoffs because of his puck skills. His puck skills have dramatically improved under Paul. So fans should be excited because the Oilers have taken a step. But as we discussed the last time I was on with you, they also had a really easy schedule coming. And they made the most of that schedule. Like they had a light schedule for a while here, and now it gets
0: tougher. How do you think they're going to do in this uh, this month? Here, stuff. Where Where are you at? I know it's kind of been a topic on your show. I know Elliot kind of up in his hit with you, but where are you at with uh, this uh, tough schedule coming up here?
3: Well, they're basically, Josh. They're basically on a seven game road trip. Right there. Yeah. 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 Because we, you know, we fly to we practice and fly to Vegas tomorrow. Vegas on Tuesday, and then Friday in Anaheim, Saturday in LA, fly home Sunday, okay, Uh, and then Tuesday they get Detroit, and you know what? I got to be honest with you, I haven't even looked to see where we start the next three game road trip. I know it concludes in Arizona. I think we go Dallas and St. Louis. Yeah, I would say if the orders go four and three in those seven games, that would be good.
0: Um, obviously you know uh, Philip Forsberg got the all-star game here he uh, you know there he at, they, he got asked about what the Canucks have done and, and Lindholm going to uh, to Vancouver yeah. and he goes they're all in they're and and you know Jim Rutherford throws the chips in again um and I believe I was listening, and I was listening to Elliot and Jeff on his podcast and saying you can only do that so much and Boston when it went all in last year who knows if they can do it again this year the orders have gone on all in recently. Um, more or less last year, you know, they've they've done a good job of drafting and using that first round pick, but last year they did trade and they obviously traded the pick that they had b- before in, in Reed Schaefer. Um, where are you at with where there's needs now? I know you were talking about Lindholm, but uh, I, a lot of fans tried to tie that maybe you thought that Lindholm was coming to Edmonton. Who knows? Obviously, right no. at no point
3: did I ever say that. No, I said, you didn't say it, but you
0: wanted him to. You like? I, I said I
3: thought he would be the best suited for. I I thought Edmonton could use a right shot center. Yeah, is what I said. Yeah. So, so here's here's where I'm at. I think they got to get a top six right shot. Okay. Yeah. Short of either a second line right wing or a third line right shot center one of those, I think they need that more than the defense, and I think they, they need that more than a backup goalie. So, I think they need one more, and, and I'll give Vancouver credit. I don't like to trade for Calgary. Just so you know, I'm not cheering against Calgary. I'm not, a, you know this, I'm not a Calgary sucks guy. No, I know that. You know, I, I think Lynn a hell of a player, and uh, I think I full marks to Vancouver's management team. That's six trades they've made this season. That team had a small defense with soft bottom six forwards that did not have delineated roles roughly a year ago at this time. Now they got a big defense, you know, I mean, just, they get rid of Pearson who I don't think was super happy there. They get back a backup goalie into Smith who the management knows because the guy was in Pittsburgh before, and that's where Rutherford and Alvin were from. Yep. And then they go and with the cap difference, they go and get Lafferty, who oh, oh, yeah, he played in Pittsburgh too. So they know him. Lafferty's been so good. They played him. He's not been in the bottom six. They've been playing him as a middle six yeah. forward all season. That's how good he is. <laughs> and Jim drafted Lindholm in Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah. So they like, they, they, they've done a good job. They got a really good team, Vancouver.
0: Okay. What do you, what is, what about the, Flames trade, you don't like what they got back. Is it just the return? Like, you don't like? Yeah, pass?
3: I'm not. Okay. Like, okay. They didn't get either of the two Swedish number ones back. Yeah. Okay. That they've made, like, uh, Will Willander and uh, is it uh, Leckermaggie? Leckermag- like, yeah. 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 They didn't get either of those guys back. They did get a number one back. B grade defense prospect back. We'll see on Kuzmenko. I mean, he did have 39 goals and 74 points last year, but he was also a healthy scratch this year. Is he somewhere in between that? I mean, maybe he comes in and kills it in Vancouver with, or in Calgary, which is the antithesis of what's happened with Hubert. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I wonder, like, I'm like, what, you mentioned Boston. Like, like you could make an argument, Lindholm would have been a luxury for Edmonton given that they could go McDavid dry settle or Nugent Hopkins or McLeod down the middle. Yeah. That like the owners are pretty good at center. Um, I'm looking at Boston and I'm wondering why they weren't in on Lindholm, And I wonder if that's like, and, and for everybody that doesn't think Vancouver while well, they won't be able to sign Lindholm. not so fast, they might move Besser in the off season and that'll get, cause they got Myers expiring at 6 million I, you know, there's a chance they're, they're, they're going to have a heavy Swedish influence there. There's a distinct possibility they get Lindholm done.
0: I think Boston, the reason why they didn't get him is from the sounds of it. And this is obviously from Friedman's podcast that dropped on Friday. Is that they couldn't do the sign and trade. And obviously we know when they got uh, uh, Hampus. Hampus Lindholm, yeah. that's what they did. They got the sign and trade. And I don't, it doesn't sound like Elias Lindholm wanted to
3: do a sign and trade at this time. Uh, I, I'm well, going to ask you two guys a question. So I'm going to start with Clay. Clay, last year at this time, I mean, I criticized Ken Holland. I'm like, hey, we got to get going here on the air. Like, now's the time. Did anybody get a more impactful player at the deadline than than uh, Mattia? You know, Matias Sackel. When like, did they?
1: No. No, We were we were calling it on this. Shifted. I mean, yeah, yeah, he changed, essentially changed our back end. With him, yes. and I think I think Ekholm was battling something at the beginning of the year, and that you know might play. That a part did not of help not.
3: Jay Woodcroft's cause either.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, it didn't. So, but yeah, I mean, nobody, I, I, who the hell was I talking? To? I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were discussing it at work, and there nobody else made a deal like like that where that um, significantly impacted their team.
3: Like Chickren went to Ottawa and the orders were criticized for not being in on Chickren enough. Yeah. And they got Ekholm and Edmonton is 47, 16 and two with Ekholm in the lineup. And he is plus 44 as an order in 65 games. Like exactly. it's hard to, so, oh, so the one thing I now it cost them two number ones, but they got them ah. for four playoff runs. They yeah. have them for four playoff runs. And so, you know what? If Ken Holland waits until the final couple days, and the other thing is, by waiting, potentially you might get a couple more teams in. Like I could have a dream scenario: Philadelphia calls up and says, "What? Will you give us two number ones for connecting?" Okay, and we'll eat half on connecting. You know, or you know, uh, and they'd have to they'd have to take you know a Fogle or a Kulak back to make the money work, but. And then they'd have to eat half. Like maybe that's not a conversation that's even in the realm of possibility on February the fourth. That on February 29th is a possibility. That's gonna be yeah. a big ad because I know Briere is very high on Connect Me. Like well, he should be, he's their best player. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you yeah. know, you, you never like I don't think people thought Eckholm was in play on February first last year. Right, And he ended up in play and in the Oilers' lineup against the Leafs in that first game. Yeah, And Edmonton showed some metal in that game against Toronto. They were much better against the Leafs that night. Then the Leafs came back and walloped them in Toronto. Um, but, you know, lo- logic dictates they could probably get an expiring contract. I don't think the Oilers want to move a number one for an expiring contract. So it might be a second and a prospect for an expiring contract where a team retains. But if somebody's got term left, like and if you're looking for a right shot center, maybe a guy like Dow in Washington, right? He's a bit like Goodrow. Yeah, right? And take a look at what the acquisition price was for Goodrow for Tampa Bay. They gave up a number one, got like a third or fourth back. And San Jose retained, and then Goodrow was a part of their team for a couple of years. Yeah, you Maybe that's the type of feasible trade that makes some sort of feasible sense.
0: Yeah, it's not bad. And obviously, you, you put out the tweet about how great uh, you know Darnell Nurse's game is coming to round huh. two. So I don't. You want to speak on that? Because you well, know, I don't think. They, I just
3: don't think. I mean, you guys, you tell me. Like Josh, you think Edmonton needs to? They've they've got Broberg percolating the minors as a number seven gleason can probably come up and play as an eight um i don't maybe they trade for another seven like a number seven defenseman
0: see i'd like i'd like to get nick sealer like that's where i would try to get Sealer, and i would try to get i still i'm still on nick delorier too i know we're just picking you want to have
3: the toughest team in the league or what
0: I just, I just think that's going to be come out because Deloria plays in the penalty kill too. He's just not a tough guy.
3: Like the guy plays on their penalty kill. Yeah, like... one point seven five like sealer all day. Like they're they're yeah. getting a second. They're hundred percent getting a second for sealer. Correct. He's he's making the league minimum. He's actually on a two way. They'll probably get a first for Sean Walker. So yeah, and you know, and you're gonna you know what guys and Oilers fans aren't going to like this. I don't see Walker being demonstrably better than CZ. No. Sorry. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know he's had a good year, but CC's been a plus player every year. He's been here. Yeah. And it's, it, I
0: just like, it's going to be great to see them up against the the, the top teams here. The, you're right. They, yeah. At the end of the day, I always say it, you know, it's the National Hockey League. They're pros for a reason. They're the best players for a reason. Um, it doesn't matter who they play against At the end of the day, there's professionals on the other side and there's pride on the other side. So whether they beat Columbus twice or beat San Jose twice, whatever it is, what it is, it's the best players in the world for a reason. So, um, you know, wins, a win is a win in my, in my eyes. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be a great game. It's going to be shaping up. Maybe there's a bit of rust in the first 10 minutes and they'll get going. But, um, you know, as Eckholm was huge for the orders, I think Jack Eichel was huge for the Vegas Golden Knights, too. Um, you know, and it, it sounds like he'll only be out the rest of this month, and hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The West is shaping up good. You know, the Winnipeg Jets get Sean Monaghan. Money is money, uh, a great player in, in my opinion, and Sean Monaghan, and kind of you know, a guy that could be up for the Bill Masterson this year because what he's done and kind of coming back and and finding a way to you know stay healthy and be a more productive player. So you know that'll be big. The Leafs beat them twice, so you know I know the Jets haven't had looked great in the last five games. But well,
3: they didn't yeah. have. I mean, they didn't have Shifley either game, and the yeah. Leafs won one of the games, one nothing, and was it overtime? Yeah, overtime. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a big. Like, I'll say this about the Jets: first of all, addition by subtraction. Mm-hmm. Wheeler was no longer happy there, and they got rid of Dubois. Yeah, and a coach, a coach probably lost his job. Because Dubois has underperformed so badly in LA, like it's pretty clear who Drew Doughty was talking about last week, <laughs> yes. right? Yes, and you and and the thing is, I love Velarde, Josh. I've been talking about Velarde for years. Yes, and the Jets, the Jets basically got a second, a really good second liner, a really good third liner, and a legitimate fourth liner in one trade for a second liner. Like is a second line center if he's going. And Villardi is a second liner. He scored over 20 goals in this league. And then I have follow works his nuts off. Like he can skate. He was he, they were those guys were both kings. And then they got Kupari in the deal. Like, I think Kevin Chevel Day off crushed Rob Blake in that trade. Big time. I, you know, and maybe it'll be the wake up now for Dubois. I know what they tried to do. Yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. Clay, <laughs> you're like everybody else in hockey
1: they're like a leopard I don't know Plus, spots like was he was he there when like did Maurice get fired? well, Maurice quit, yeah, okay, he, but okay, I kind of walked away but regard I mean no, I mean they're they're at what point do you stop giving this guy chances and unfortunately now Blake has stuck with him for however long, but eight years eight, yeah. eight million eight and a
0: half
3: million bucks,
0: yeah. Um, how long do you think Todd's out of a job for, stuff? Do you think he kind of takes a little bit of a longer break I, time around? I, or... Well,
3: he got an extra year at the start of the year. Yeah. So the Oilers, he got paid four full years by the Oilers and he's gonna get six years from the, the Kings. And he got a he went from three to five when he went from Edmonton to LA. Um, I don't know if he has to work again. I have not, I, you know, I sent him a quick message um yesterday. Um I know you know him very well, so I know that- I, you know he's yeah. he's he's a really good guy. I think that you know what's interesting is they had no business taking Edmonton to seven two years ago. They didn't have Doughty. That uh, was a big loss for them. They were down one of their forwards. I'm thinking it was Arvidsson. They didn't have him.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were down. He's coming back now too. Right, and
3: yeah. but they didn't have him in the playoffs. But they didn't have Doughty. Like Dowdy's leading the league in time on ice this year. Yeah. They didn't have him in the playoffs, and they still extended Edmonton to seven games. He did a great job in that series. Now, last year, when they're up 2-1 in the series with two overtime goals and 3-0 after one in game four, like I'm sitting there in Los Angeles thinking, oh, you know, here we go. The orders are just, just like you guys, just like against Calgary, second period of game two in Calgary when it was 3-1. After the Flames won game one, nine, six, yeah. and then game two, and it's 3-1 Calgary. I was nervous for. It. I'm like, you know, like I don't. And then the Oilers completely took it over, got to another level. They did the same thing against LA. They got to another level. So I know people criticize Todd's lack of playoff success. Um, I, you know, maybe it should have done more with San Jose. The Oilers weren't as experienced as Anaheim. Lost Game Seven, like
1: but can can you look at it this way is he gets so much out of his team to the regular season and getting there that, that at some point it it does, you know, everything catches up to you in the playoffs. So he does so well in the regular season and, and and to get the most out of his team that at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, you can only do what you can with the personnel you got.
3: I got to tell you right now, um, You're a smart guy. I can't believe Kyle Brodziak outcoached you. I just, I find that shocking. (laughs) That's a great point by you. Uh,
0: It is, though, because that's kind of been somewhat of his, (laughs) I don't know if it's a knock or whatnot on Todd, but, you know, hell of of a compliment. No, if anything, it's a a compliment. Yes,
1: If anything, it's a compliment. He gets the most out of the personnel he has. and, And at the end of the day, you get, you're, the 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 players you got get exploited in playoffs, and that it's just that's just the way the game is.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know they spent they traded three forwards away to get Dubois and had no money to sign, and you know so they got Talbot on the cheap, and we love Cam Talbot, great guy. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. To game too. It was, except he lost his last ten starts as a starting goalie for the LA Kings. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, he had Zero. a great
3: start. Yeah. yeah. And big save Dave is their new
0: number one goaltender now, David Renich. It'll so awesome. still be
3: Talbot. You know that. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. Um, uh, let's finish up on this. Uh, you know, stuff every year, uh or every second year, I think you do the child advocacy um uh, golf tournament in Red Deer. Uh, you yeah. know, Elton Kennedy is a big part of that. Terry Lowen, uh, Mark Jones, uh, obviously the others just had a big 50-50 for the the child advocacy center uh it's a program and it's uh, something that we we love too we uh we do uh, help out in donations as well on our podcast it's something that's very near and dear to my heart um, but Sheldon Kenny had a great article with Pierre Lebrun from uh the Athletic in the Athletic and uh obviously Pierre's with TSN as well too uh if anyone hasn't listened or or, or or sorry watched that or read that uh you know article please go check it out it's really great but uh can you talk about the respect group that uh Sheldon Kennedy now runs in the well, the yeah. relationship. I can, I can,
3: cer- I can certainly speak to Sheldon because we have him. So we go and we, we do that event and we do our show from there and we have Sheldon on the air. And, uh, you know, every time we interview him, I, I learn more. Um, I, I, I know some guys that, that played with Sheldon uh, in junior, uh, you know, Rob Dom's a really good friend of mine. He was an assistant coach with Graham James for two years. He had his uh, son, Evan, and his twin daughters in those two years, he and his wife, Carol. And, uh, you know, Ian Herbers was on that team. I know we were not um, in the mid-80s attuned and alert as much to those sort of um, situations and, and lack of recognition. My you know, through a a second marriage, like Peter Kozlowski played on those teams. He's a police officer in Edmonton. So I'm sort of related to him. He was a hundred point scorer for Swift Current. And so I know that I've, you know, talking to Ian over the years about because he was on that bus uh, in in Swift and uh, just, you know, the fact that there wasn't any mental health. I I think we're just simply at a different, like, We need to be continuously open-minded, to be willing to be educated on these sort of topics and issues. But I do think we're further along in recognizing that, right? Like we don't make fun of guys that have mental health challenges. People used to do that 20 or 30 years ago. Now we try to help people that have challenges and go out of our way. And if you're one of the people watching this right now that 20 or 30 years ago, was bending over backwards to try to help, good for you. But not everybody was like that. We're much more tolerant of people that have unique differences in their personalities, much more accepting of a lot of different things. We use different terminology, stuff that was completely acceptable to say to a guy on any other team, 20, 25 years, you wouldn't dare say now, yeah. right? Like we're just, so we're headed to a better place, but we can never stop learning more. So I always find with Sheldon, like, you know, I, I think – and i don't want to speak outright for him but i sense there's been a form of catharsis through this all and uh and i just really you know i really enjoy just having the chance to to have these sort of discussions what happened to him was reprehensible and uh and there's different challenges on a daily basis for um lots of different people out there and we just got to you know just got to try to and and you know what i made that's one of the reasons why I'm not super judgy on young players. I th- I know you both know that. Yep. I I I don't. I get a I get a little protective, like of younger defensemen, because I think it's a hard position to play, and it probably takes 250 to 300 games to play. Um, and I think that some media at times develop comfort levels with veteran players, uh, and are pro. I, but but saying that, I think people have grown in that regard too, and so. Um, I know I'm not perfect. I know sometimes maybe I, I wished I'd phrase something a little bit different. And I, I think that, uh, the, the, the older you get, the more you realize, the less, you know, and you just got to be decent to one another yeah. or try to be decent to one another. So, and under, and the other thing is you never know what somebody else is going through ever. You think you might know, but you don't really know. Like I can tell you those guys in the swift that were 18, 19 at that time, some of them didn't know what Sheldon was going through. And it bothers them to this day that they weren't there to protect them, right? Like they were, part of their job was to protect them on the ice. Right,
1: yeah. And
3: they did not know what was really happening. And we'd probably be sharper, more attuned with it today. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do think we're, like Josh, I think we're headed to a better place. I think we're way more open and accepting of more tolerant, which is not to say that you have to be completely to the left on every social issue. No. You're allowed to have opinions and voices that are slightly contrary in certain areas. But I just, you know, and, and so Sheldon's done some great work. I think a lot of people have learned from it, and I'm one of the ones that has. Very well said, Bob. Uh, yeah,
0: I've listened to those interviews you had with him, and um... – you know, it's their uh, there are somewhat tough interviews to probably have, but they're important inter- interviews to listen to and hear because the healing, the helping, um, again, his respect group does, um, you know, for a lot of kids in CHL and, in other leagues and he's helped with NHL teams too. And, um, I think it's amazing what he, what he's done and, you know, they're hard.
3: I mean, I will say this. I, I don't find it difficult to interviewing Sheldon. I find it educational. Um, I have empathy for what he went through, but he's really at a good place when he's doing this stuff with us. The hardest thing that I've had to do is when we're at the stallery and basically there's a term that gets used for the players. There's a day called the car wash day where they shoot all the stuff for in-house video and the stuff for Sportsnet, And they do their liners for the Oilers radio network. And and what happens in the stallery is they rotate the families through. And so you'll get a package and you'll get a like a, a sheet of paper and it's a paragraph. And you know, like sometimes you're you're interviewing a mom who's lost a kid. Yeah. So I found I found those to be like in oh. Sheldon's case. Yeah, it was brutal. And we got to learn from it, but he's a pro and he's done this over and over. And you can literally carry the entire conversation himself. Whereas when I'm sitting there doing that, I need a stiff couple belts after those shows. Like it, cause it's, you, you think, but for the grace of God that, you know what? And so, you know, it, it is kind of relative. Like, I mean, I just, I I like it, Sheldon and I think it's awesome what he's done, but I love having him on. And those stallery days are important. But when you're dug in on those shows, those can be – those are the hardest. The sports stuff, you know, even – you know, I've had two uh, stretches with the Oilers in this – I'm in year 16. Two stretches where Edmonton won once in 21 games, okay? And so, at times, people felt compelled a couple times when I was out with my family where they're, like, criticizing the team – in front of my kids when I'm at having a dinner, right? I'm like, hey, I appreciate, you know, thank you oh, for... Oh, fuck.
1: I don't know how you do it.
3: Right? And <laughs> and so, right? Like, you know, I'm just like, this might not be the time and place, but I really appreciate, you know... But the, the other end of it, like, you know, being in Claire... Like, to be in Claire Drake Arena with Chris Knobloch before Christmas in the eight-game winning streak or to go in the last couple nights... And the better the team is, the better the broadcaster is, right? Like we're in a 16 game heater. I've had very, I've had nothing to do with it. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. So while well, I will tell you on either end of that spectrum, that is nothing compared to dealing with real life issues, like being at a Stollery children's hospital and interviewing a parent who's lost their kid. Right. So right. So it, it really is. And then, and, and then in terms of Sheldon, he's so good at it. That it's actually it makes you think but from a broadcaster's perspective and keeping your you know what wired on the air so you're not too emotional it's it's really quite easy because he's just he's it you know he's at a good place with it and you know he's doing a great job communicating it and you know somebody out there is is getting something that they need from it so it's super positive
0: yeah it is it is definitely uh it definitely is. And I've listened to those uh, Stollery, uh radio shows with you, even to Jason Greger and uh, driving in the vehicle. And uh, I'm an emotional guy here in, uh, you know. Can you. I
3: can I leave you with a funny story?
0: You sure can, Stoll. Okay,
3: you need one. So we did one and Ryan Smith made a donation on Greger's show. And my buddy, Doug Wade, known as Daily Doug. And he, I actually met him as a, and he was the Mark Specter Contrary. And then he showed up. At Overtime Broiler and Tap Room, and then he started showing the you know calling the show on a fairly regular basis. Great and caller, he, by the way. Yeah, he was a great caller, and he knows he really knows sports. Really, okay? yeah. he really knows sports, and he's a smart guy. And he ran a business, and he heard the Ryan Smith interview, and everybody, hey, it's great that Ryan made a donation. And Doug's like, you know what? If you guys really want to get serious here, let's do this. You, I, I he goes, I know a lot of the listeners don't like me. So if we can get X amount of donations in the next 24 hours, I'll ban myself for six months on your show stuff. And they couldn't keep, they had all those people, the really important people behind the scenes that are taking calls that are filling stuff up for the MasterCards and the visas and stuff. They're like, who the hell is this daily tug guy? Like we can't like, they had calls for like the next, and then so Bryn ended up picking on up on it again the next morning. He wants Doug to call in. And so he basically helped raise like $65,000 in a span of two hours. It was one of like the, one of the busiest things ever for yeah. 1260. And here's how, and here's how small the world is. He goes and gets remarried. And his stepson is a kid named Keaton Verhoff, who was the fourth. No over. Way. That's his, that's his kid. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I introduced him to Jerry Johansson, who I know you met, Josh. And Jerry's yeah. like, "That guy might be the smartest guy I've ever met." And uh, he, so there, there's, a, there's a, a comical uh, Stollery Children's Hospital conclusion story for you. Wow. Uh, everybody hated Doug so much that they flooded the the uh, phone lines to get, get him <laughs> off the phone line.
0: Oh, he's a beauty. Great story, Stoff. Um, Bandy, you have anything to add as we sign out here?
1: No, always a pleasure talking hockey.
3: Hey, well, if you guys are stuck and can't get somebody better, give me a call, okay?
0: Oh, uh, we uh, we appreciate you, uh, Stoff, so much. Uh, again, you got us Brent Sutter this week too. So,
3: uh, um... I, well, I don't know if I did. I think that was more Cam. I don't know if Brent's <laughs> that happy with me these days, but uh, <laughs> no, Brent, not- Brent's Brent's. A, he's he's run a good business there for a long time. Yeah, the game, the game has changed a bit. I can tell you right now, if I had grown up being a cousin of the Sutters, there would have been six Sutters and a stalker that would have made it to the National Hockey League. There so, you go. <laughs> because those guys, they, you gotta, you gotta get them to tell a story about Brian Sutter and and how Brian Sutter wasn't allowed to be cut when he was cut from Junior A by the Red Deer Rustlers. You gotta get them to tell that story. Okay, well, we'll, Okay, okay, awesome we'll stuff, do. guys. Okay. Safe travels. Have a
0: great week. Cheers. See you, Josh. See you, Clay. Thanks a lot, fellas.